Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the first Last Watch podcast of 2023. I am, as always, your host, Beans Baxter. And i um, got a couple of things I want to talk about uh, in this first week of 2023. Um, one of the first things I want to we'll talk about, though, uh, is we're going to be making some changes. Uh, this is going to be the last Last Watch podcast that is audio only. I know that pause scared some of you, didn't it? Uh, so I've been thinking about things and, you know, things just aren't really growing the way I want them to on YouTube. Uh, I know I bitch about this like every week or every podcast. <clears throat> and I think a lot of it is because I just take these audio podcasts and the uh, my podcast host basically just puts them on, they, they make a video for me, but it's just the audio. They just, uh, make a video file that I can upload to YouTube and I just straight up upload it to YouTube. And it's just like my logo with this audio on it. And, um, they don't seem to be very popular. People don't really seem to, to really, um, to want to watch them. So what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm going to start doing a regular podcast where, you it's a video podcast where you stare at my face and I stare into the camera for however long. And, um, if I have guests, they'll be, you know, like I did with Alexander Petikov, uh, last month or it was in November actually. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna start doing that, I guess. Uh, hopefully it will increase our views on YouTube and get people a little bit more engaged. Uh, might even, think about doing some live shows here and there. Although I certainly don't want to make that the format. I, 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 I personally, I am a sucker for audio podcasts. Um, you know, I, I've always been a huge fan of Art Bell. Uh, I love listening to Art Bell <clears throat> and that's what I've always wanted. I wanted to be Art Bell. I want to have a radio show, uh, and because I have a, a face for radio, uh, I always thought that, you know, podcast was the next best thing, but, uh, you know, podcasts are evolving. They're becoming more visually oriented apparently. Um, but, uh, I still plan on, you know, taking the, the show and putting it out in the audio form, but, uh, I want to try and just add a little razzmatazz to the, uh, to the YouTube channel and uh, we'll see if that works. If it doesn't, if it tanks, if people just don't pay any attention to it and the numbers stay the same, then I might just go back to doing audio only uh, with the occasional video for a guest or for something that needs like visual aids or something. But yeah, and <clears throat> I, I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it because, you know, I really enjoy doing this audio only format because Oh, I can, you know, I can pause and, and look at my notes or I can pause and take a drink or 
I can pause and, you know, collect my thoughts on what I want to say next. And with video, it's not really like that. So I'm going to have to maybe have, um, have uh, better show notes, have better, uh, notes. A lot of times, uh, uh, when I like this, like right now, when I sat down, a lot of what I want to talk about, is just in my head. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this. It'll probably be about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then I'm done. And I don't feel like I can do that with a, with a video show. I'm going to have to, um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to have the ability, I think to, to really, uh, pause and, and do things like that. I don't know. Maybe I can, I guess it depends on what, um, uh, what platform I'm using. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to make some changes. Uh, we're going to start doing more video podcasts. Um, unfortunately, uh, this last YouTube video I put out <clears throat> that, uh, we're going to talk about on this, uh, on this episode is basically my last, um, video that I have in, in the bucket. Um, I don't have any more field uh, videos kind of in the wings waiting. Uh, that's pretty much everything. I do have a couple of things. I think I can kind of slap together a couple of little short videos from, um, my time out in the field that didn't quite make it into the main videos, but, uh, for the most part, that's it. So I'm going to have to, uh, you know, start doing these, uh, video podcasts. I'm going to have to maybe get out and, uh, do a few things this winter. Uh, I could always go out and try and do some snowshoeing, maybe get some, uh, something going on with that. Uh, some nice, uh, Alaska scenery videos. I, I don't know. We're having, um, some weather this year. We've got, um, quite a bit of snow and then it's kind of warmed up on us. And now, and, and that's the thing people don't realize about Alaska is it's not the cold it's when things start to warm up. That's when, <laughs> that's when trouble strikes because, you know, it would suit me just fine if it was 20 to 25 degrees all winter, uh, you know, get a few inches of snow here and there, let it accumulate every now and then. And, uh, just did that all winter. But the problem is, is like right now it's like 32, 33 degrees outside. It's trying to rain. Uh, there's already snow on the ground and when that happens it just gets it just gets packed down and it turns into just ice and a, just a mess and it's just a pain in the butt so it's actually the warm weather <laughs> that causes the problems up here in uh in the winter time yeah so i'm gonna have to um i've got an appointment tomorrow that i need to uh i need to drive to and i'm not looking forward to uh the road conditions tomorrow. We uh, went up to Anchorage. Uh, it was kind of our Christmas present to ourselves. We went and saw uh, the comedian Burt Kreischer. If you guys have ever heard of him, he's the one that does the the story, the machine. And uh, if you've never if you've never heard of it, do do yourself a favor, get on YouTube and just type in Burt B E R T and the machine, and you should find it. he's a big. He's kind of a heavy set guy with doesn't wear a shirt on stage and um you got to listen to his machine story it's about i think it's i think it's like 16 minutes long or something like that the youtube video is it's long but it's worth it check it out <clears throat> he's uh one of our favorite comedians and uh we actually um he announced uh 
he was coming up here, going to do a, a show and somehow, I don't know how I did it. I guess just because you know, I was working from home and I can like sit here and just like hit refresh on the computer or whatever. But somehow I ended up with first, uh, first class, first front row seats. And, um, we were actually like at the, I think I actually bought the first ticket that was sold because our seats were in the front row at the very far right or left. If you're on the stage and we had the first two seats, like seats one and two. And I think, uh, I was telling my wife, I was like, well, that kind of, that's, that kind of sucks. You think like the best seat, cause I hit what I hit was like best available. And those are the ones that gave me. And I was like, you think if I, if you hit best available, it would like, you know, front row center is probably best, but I bet they just started selling them like one, two, three, four down the line. But, uh, we, we drove up there to see him and, uh, Anchorage, it just got hit with some massive snow, like uh, just a ton of snow. And we were driving around Anchorage and I'd never, <clears throat> maybe, maybe back in like 2001 or two. Uh, it might, it might've looked like that, but I hadn't seen that much snow in Anchorage in forever. I mean, the, there were two lane roads that were basically down to one lane. Uh, snow was piled up, you know, eight, nine feet tall on the sides of the roads and then parking lots. There were berms that were, uh, snow berms that were piled up to, you know, 20 to 30 feet, like as tall as taller than the buildings that the parking lots were in. So I haven't, I haven't seen that much snow in a long time in Anchorage. So, yeah, I, I understand that uh, Anchorage municipality is very understaffed uh, for, as far as their like public works and their snow removal. And I think that's part of the problem is normally they would just have crews going 24-7 that could take care of that. Eventually, it would all get taken care of. But uh, from what I understand, there's no, they're so short-staffed, they don't have enough people to um, operate the, the equipment, which is kind of funny because it seems like that's a really good job. Um that's a job that people, you know, 15, 20 years ago would, would covet. And, you know, you get one of those jobs and that's a job you're going to retire from. And, uh, things just don't seem to be going that way anymore. It's kind of weird. All these, all these really good jobs that people just seem to not be willing to do. It's like, what are the, how are people getting by? I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it a little bit with some of the minimum wage jobs with people that don't want to work in uh, the service industry, but how, how are jobs, essential jobs like that, that, you know, with pay and benefits, how are they not filled? But, uh, I am rambling. That has nothing to do with anything, does it? Uh, so what I wanted to talk about today, I actually thought about cutting this into two episodes. Um, I, I wanted to talk about my thoughts on the, um, Alaskan coastal Sasquatch part two that just came out on Christmas day. And I also wanted to talk about uh, a video that I put out, uh, this week, uh, where I had gone to a sighting location in British Columbia and my experiences there. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to roll this all into one episode. <clears throat> I'm going to try and keep it a little as short as I can. Uh, but basically I don't know when I'm going to get another chance to, to sit down and, and do an episode. So I kind of want to get, get it all out there as it, as it were. So, uh, I think, uh, what I want to really hit on first, let's just go and, and talk about, um, my experiences with, um, this thing that happened in British Columbia. Um, 
some months ago, I mean, it might have actually been last year. Well, I mean, obviously it was last year, the year before last, 2021. I got um, this report <clears throat> and it was a little confusing because I initially thought that I was getting the report from, uh, I thought that it was initially from a woman, uh, but I believe there was, a, there was a little bit of confusion. I believe it was actually a gentleman that was using a woman's, maybe his wife, daughter, girlfriend, I'm not, I'm not sure, using her account. And I got, um, I got back in touch with him actually, um, right about the time that, uh, I realized I was driving. So for those of you that don't know, that don't follow along at home, I went down to Washington and hung out with Will and those guys. And just by dumb, dumb luck, uh, you know, we had needed a new vehicle uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, choices here in Alaska. There wasn't a lot of things in stock. Prices were a little high. And I thought, well, I'm going down to Washington anyway. Why don't I just, you know, why don't we just look down there, see if we can find a vehicle. And uh, luckily, you know, because of uh, the, well, not luckily, but because of the pandemic and, and the way things have been recently, buying a vehicle, um, you don't really have to be in person to do it anymore. Uh, you know, the process has been, uh, streamlined and, and really, um, made pretty convenient. So we found a vehicle that we were interested in and basically purchased it, uh, pretty much sight unseen, but it was a new vehicle. So we weren't too worried about it. Uh, I went down, uh, picked the vehicle up, went out, uh, hung out with Will and those guys had, um, our adventures together and then uh, packed up and had to drive the new vehicle back to Alaska. <clears throat> Luckily, uh, Canada had uh, relaxed a lot of their uh, border crossing requirements and all that. Not that I was too worried about it. And it, I got to uh, to drive through Canada to Alaska, which it wasn't the first time I've done it. I've actually done it twice. Um, this is my third time. It was the first time going this route, though. Usually, um, I'm coming or going, you know, for, from further East. Uh, so I usually pop, pop out of Canada or into Canada and, uh, Montana. And this time I went, uh, into Canada through Washington. So I just basically drove straight up the heart of British Columbia. And my initial, my initial plans and were, that I was going to drive through Canada and I was going to stop. I was going to look up all these sighting locations in Canada that were close to where I was. And I was going to go to all these places and like do like these little investigations or just go check these places out. Well, it turned out, and this is completely my fault (laughs) that uh, when I crossed over into Canada, I realized I didn't have any cell. I had cell cert, like I can make phone calls, but I couldn't, I couldn't look anything up on my phone and I was told that my phone would work in Canada, just like it works here. And I was kind of aggravated because I was like, well, this isn't working. And luckily I had, um, um, GPS, like a map on my, in my new car that I could drive or else I would, I could, I would have got lost so many times. Well then I think it was the second or third day that I'm in British Columbia and I'm already like, I mean, I'm booking, I'm driving, you know, 12, 16 hours a day. And, uh, 
I find my wife had called AT&T and was like, what's going on? You know, his phone's not working. And the lady was like, are you sure his data roaming is, is, is turned on? And, you know, I'm kind of a, I, there's a lot of things on my phone. If I don't use it I, or I don't know what it is, I just turn it off. And, um, <clears throat> I was like, let me look. And I looked and sure enough, I had my data roaming turned off. So I turned it on and then my phone started working normally. But I was kind of to a point where I was like, well, I've already, I'm already this far along. Like I, I don't, I've missed so many opportunities to, to stop. So, um, there was one place where I, I had actually, um, like I wanted to stop there. Like I made it a point and, um, this gentleman, I think I'd already, I, I had already started to talk about it and I got sidetracked, but this gentleman had contacted me with his sighting report and on social media and he uh had stopped at this rest area and it's this place it's called and i'm as far as i know there's no there's no reason to keep the location a secret and it's pretty freaking remote like it's pretty it, i don't want to say it's hard to get to but there's not a lot of reason to go by there unless you're going it's a place that you go through to get to other places it's just not a destination and uh, it's on highway 37 going through british columbia and it's about, I think it's about a hundred miles south of a place called Dees Lake, D-E-A-S-E, I believe is how it's spelled. And there's a rest stop and there's several rest stops along this highway. And this is, uh, the one that's closest to the, it's called Bell 2. I don't know why it's called that. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a, it's kind of an unassuming little spot. It's just like a lot of the other little rest areas there. You're just driving along. And I was northbound, so it was on the right-hand side of the road. And you just pull in. It's a decent-sized parking area. You pull in. There's one little vault toilet uh, set in there. There's a couple of picnic tables. And there's a um, like a memorial and some information about Avalanche because there's some mountains uh, nearby. Like right across the street, you can see some pretty, pretty impressive mountains. Well... I don't want to go into this gentleman's encounter too far in depth because one, I do in, in the video, like I read it verbatim and two, I might actually see about having him on, come on one day to talk about it. I don't think this gentleman spends a, a ton of time on uh, social media or the internet. So I think, you know, there's some delays in communication with him, but, um, uh, I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes version of it. Uh, he pulls into the rest stop one morning about four 30 AM. Uh, he's going to, uh, he's got to, he's got to use the bathroom. Uh, I believe he was traveling South, which is the opposite direction I was traveling. So it would have been on his left. So he pulls in and he goes to, uh, head towards the bathroom. He gets feeling like, uh, eh, I don't want to walk over there. You know, like he just bad, bad, you know, hair on the back of his neck stands up. So he ends up, uh, fortunately, you know, males, males can do this. Uh, he just decides to go to the bathroom right there next to his truck. So he, uh, is taking care of business, finishing up. And he looks over toward the toilet to the, to the vault toilet, to the building. And he sees a Sasquatch standing there and uh, he, he described it as having a very, I guess, angry face. You know, it, it was mean mugging him basically. 
he uh, freaks out and uh, goes to climb in his vehicle. The It starts uh, screaming at him, yelling at him. He gets in his truck, uh, starts to haul, haul butt out of there. And uh, he stated it actually uh, kept, it ran alongside his vehicle, kept up with him for not, a little bit. And I, I think, I believe he says at one point it smacks the side of his truck. And this was, this was several years ago. Um, I want to say, I don't have it in front of me. It's like 2007, 2009, somewhere in there. Um, I'll put a, uh, a link to the video that I did in the show notes. So you guys can, uh, head down and, uh, click on that and watch the video where I read the encounter verbatim in the video. But, uh, anyway, I heard this encounter, uh, it sounded really intriguing and very, you know, a very aggressive encounter. And I thought, man, I want to, I want to check this place out. I want to stop here. Well, of course, you know, before I left Washington, I had to, uh, ship, uh, my guns home Well, my gun, I had one gun. And so I'm driving through Canada. I don't have any, I don't have any weapons. Um, I did have bear spray, which I declared at the border and the guy said it wasn't a problem, but apparently you can't have, you can't have like regular pepper spray for people, which I had no idea. Um, I think I, I learned about this actually after the fact, but I didn't have, it. I just had bear spray. And I, and the guy asked me at the border crossing, if I had any weapons, I said, I've got, uh, you know, like a knife, like a pocket knife, a fixed blade knife and a bear spray. And he didn't ask to see any of it. And he didn't really seem to care and sent me on my way. But anyway, um, so I actually stopped at, um, another rest area before I got to the siding location, because there is also a siding uh, report. There's bell one rest area and bell two rest area. Well, Bell 1, uh, if you go, I believe it's on the BFRO website, there is a siding report there from a trucker who pulled in there to like eat his lunch or something one night or one morning and heard uh, some vocalizations coming from the hill uh, basically behind the rest area. So I stopped there uh, and was kind of, you know, I found out that they're doing construction like right there, basically where the rest area is. In fact, they have those temporary uh, like Connex offices in the parking lot of the rest area. Uh, it's still open to the public. You can stop there and go to the restroom. But uh, I kind of felt like, well, you know, with all this activity going on, I doubt that there's anything really going to happen. I hung around for a little bit. I actually did some filming. Uh, it wasn't the greatest because, you know, there's construction noises in the background. I think they're replacing a bridge or something right there, actually, because it's literally you go across a bridge and the Bell One rest area is right right there. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't really I didn't really do much there. I, I kind of felt like, well, I don't feel like there's going to be any activity here with all this construction going on, all this noise and activity. And so I got some shots, uh, of the place and it kind of, you know, it reminds me, it looks squatchy. It's very, uh, dense, uh, forest and there's a really steep hill right behind the, um, rest area. And it definitely looks like a place where there would be activity. You know, you've got the elevated elevation there and, um, thick brush and it just looks like prime habitat. The whole area through there looks like it would be good habitat. Lots of lakes, uh, 
lakes, creeks, rivers, tons of water sources, lots of deep cover, uh, lots of uh, elevated positions. So anyway, <clears throat> I hung around there for a few minutes. Uh, wasn't feeling it because all the all the activity with the construction. Left there, drove uh, to another rest area that I thought maybe the one that this guy was talking about. Got out. Luckily, Canada has these amazing like rest areas where they've got like a map and like mile markers or kilometer markers, and they show you you know like exactly where you're at. So the next rest area I stopped at it didn't take me very long to realize I was like this is not the right place. I still got a little ways to go. So um, got to the got to the right rest area, the Bell Two rest area. Looked at the uh, the map there in the in the little at the little kiosk. Confirmed I was at the right spot. As soon as I got out, I was like, I I'm almost hundred percent. This is the place because it was just. There was the, the the mountains across the the street on the other side of the road. Uh, there was some kind of uh, I believe there's a lake or something on the other side of the um, of the rest area. It seems like there's like a power line cut that comes through there. The forest is super super thick, and it just it felt right. It's hard to explain. So I get out. Uh, the first thing I do. As soon as I get there, and this is something that I've kind of picked up over the years, and it just it's going to happen eventually if, if you do this for any length of time. First thing I did was hit my record audio recorder, and I put it um, in the on the front of my vehicle, like on the hood, and that's something I picked up uh, from being a cop is when you if you're going to set something on your vehicle, put it on the hood in front of the windshield so you can see it. Cause if you put it on the roof or you put it on the back or the bumper, you're going to drive off and you're going to lose it. So anytime you want to set something on your vehicle, you put it on the hood in front of the window. So I uh, got out, I put my recorder down. I went and used the restroom after I kind of like scoped it out a little bit, make sure there was no Sasquatches uh, standing by it. Uh, and by the way, I got my bear spray out, put it on my belt. <clears throat> you know, I was as prepared as I could be without my, my firearm. Uh, and uh, you got to keep in mind, keeping this guy, I had this guy's encounter in my mind this entire, like I had just read it the night before, before I left. And then I read it again while I'm here at this location. So this encounter that I just told you about with this aggressive encounter, it's fresh in my mind. It's right there. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm not going to say nervous, but I'm like, okay, well, this is a spot that, you know, can have some potential danger. And, and not to mention, I'd seen like two bears, I think on my way there, not, not close by. But, you know, still on my drive to this location. So I'm like, there's at least bears in the area for sure. And uh, so I get there, use the restroom. And my plan is, I get there kind of in the, you know, I don't remember exactly the time, but it was like 11, 10, 30, 11, somewhere in there. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to, ha- I'm going to spend my lunch here. I'm going to hang out for an hour or two. Um eat my lunch, uh, maybe go for a little walk and, 
um, just just see, just see what I can see. So I get there, go to the restroom, um, pick out one of the picnic tables that uh, I think there's two picnic tables in the area. And I'm like, I'm going to eat my lunch at this picnic table. And when I get there, it's kind of overcast. Uh, there was a lot of fog. I forgot to mention the fog in the video. And I actually have some dash cam footage of me driving through this fog. Uh, before I got to this area, it was uh, super foggy, like super foggy. It was so creepy. And I kept thinking about what the natives say here about don't go outside when it's foggy or the Nantanak will get you. So I'm driving to this area where this aggre super aggressive encounter uh, occurred and it's foggy as all get out. So, you know, just a recipe for beans not being in a good headspace. <laughs> So I get there and I'm kind of milling around. I'm, and, and this is why, well, I'll get to it in a second, but I'm, I'm milling around <clears throat> and I need to get my food ready so I can eat my lunch. I've got a bunch of uh, dehydrated uh, camp food. I've got my camp stove, uh, but they're kind of in different places in, in my car. I've got, I've got my camping stuff in one bag and my food is like in a tote. So I get my food. And I'm going, I shut my, I shut my door, the passenger side door, and I'm walking around to the back of the, the vehicle. It's a, it's a Ford Explorer walking around to the back of the vehicle, uh, to get in the back to get my, uh, stove and fuel and stuff. So I shut the door, the passenger door. I'm walking around to the back of the vehicle. And as soon as I shut that pastor door, I hear what I thought was a gunshot. And I stop because I'm like, oh, is somebody shooting? And it's October. I'm thinking, oh, is it hunting season? Is somebody hunting? Like, right? And it sounded very close by. And I'm like, is somebody hunting, you know, on the other side of this tree line? Do I need to be worried about, and, and keep in mind, this, this is like just coming. I mean, this is like super fast that I'm thinking this, I'm thinking, Oh, is somebody shooting over there? Is it a hunter? Do I need to worry about a bear, a moose, a wounded animal coming through here or more shots coming this way? As soon like I'm having that thought, I start hearing more noises. So I hear like that the initial boom. And then it keeps going in this like descending, like boom or crack, crack, boom. And then I hear this, uh, this tree fall and I'm going to, I'm going to play it right here. Uh, so you can hear it. <clears throat> I recommend, uh, using headphones, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to put it in right here and, uh, you can hear what I hear is, but listen, as soon as, you're going to hear the door shut. And as soon as that door shuts, you're going to hear a crack. that sounds like a rifle shot, but it's going to keep going. And you're going to hear this tree fall over. And then you're going to hear me go, holy shit, pretty much like that. So let's, uh, let's put that in right here.
So I hear that. And my first indication is basically I, I want to throw everything in the car and get out of there. And I'm like, well, I shouldn't do that. Like, that's why I'm here. <laughs> what, what happened? You know, like I, I knew, I mean, I recognized it as a tree fall. Like I knew a tree fell over and it sounded like a giant tree, like a huge tree. And I'm kind of just like, I mean, it's, there, I wish I was rolling video, but even if I was, you probably wouldn't be able to see me because the camera would have probably been facing away from me. But I'm like, I've got like food and, and some gear in my hand. Like my hands are full and I'm basically kind of standing there, like kind of like looking toward where this noise came from and, and like, like, do I want to, you know, like wanting to throw the stuff back in the car and just this, like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, like, and there was a few seconds of that. <clears throat> and I thought, well, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to sit here. and I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to see what happens. And so I put, I put some more, I put some of that stuff back in the passenger seat, the back passenger seat. And then I started a video which is, is in the video you can watch on YouTube. Basically the, the tree fall happens and I start recording probably 15, 20 seconds later. And, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, did this tree just randomly fall? Um, and I just happen to be here. Is this some kind of intimidation behavior? Did it get pushed over? you know, is, is something not happy that I'm here? And I mean, honestly, I don't know. I just, I just don't know, but it's so weird. And keep in mind this, this last like four, three, four days before this, when we were camping in the Selkirks, we heard, remember we were, if you guys are watching the YouTube series, uh, we were sitting there and we heard like four trees fall within a matter of minutes or seconds. I'm sorry. Like it was like a cat, like a fucking avalanche effect. Just So that happened. And then here we are three or four days later and this happens. And I'm like, how many freaking trees are going to fall around me? Like, what are the odds of this? It, what does it mean? <laughs> I can't make sense out of this something is going on so anyway i hung out i mean i wanted to leave so bad i was just like i just gotta i, I want to go i want to go and i'm so also i'm so glad i started recording when i did like as soon or my video i'm so glad i started my video when i did because um the longer i stayed there the longer i was there i was there I was there for probably between an hour and a half and two hours. The longer I was there, the worse the weather got. So it kind of started off, the wind started to pick up and then it started raining. And, but here's the thing. When I got there, when that tree fell over, the wind wasn't blowing at all. There wasn't a whisper of wind. And that's why I was so thankful that I hit record on my phone for video is like probably 20 seconds, 30 seconds at the most after that, that tree fell, 
And so you can go, you can look. So if you watch one of the videos from later in my state, like after I eat lunch, you'd be like, well, that tree, it just, the wind just knocked it over. The wind just blew it over. But if you look at that video where I, you can see me like shutting the car door and I'm like, Hey guys, uh, I'm at this rest stop and this tree just fell over like that. I took that video literally 30 seconds after the tree fell over. You can see there's not a blade of grass moving. There's not a tree limb shaking. There's no wind. So, I mean, make of it what you will. Um, I still don't know what to think about it. Again, how many, how many freaking trees are going to fall in, in one week around me? You know, like that's the fifth tree in like three, four days that I've heard fall over and, you know, thousands of miles away from each other. <clears throat> so it creeped me out pretty bad. Uh, I wanted to leave, but I stayed, but I stayed a little bit closer to the car you know, I had planned on maybe walking through the woods a little bit and getting some video of the forest around there and see if I can find some game trails. And after that happened, it pretty much killed any uh, initiative I had for that. And, you know, like I said, I have no idea what happened. I have no idea. I mean, maybe that tree had been getting ready to fall for you know, weeks and months and I just happened to show up and it just happened to fall over. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I know the, the, the NAWAC guys, the North American wood ape guys, um, they have a lot of experience with tree falls and they seem to think it's a intimidation tactic. You know, they say, well, you know, a tree falling over in the woods and in the quiet woods sounds like a nuke. And this one certainly did. I mean, it was very uh, intimidating. And you can hear those pops, those cracks, or what I assume to be the roots being broken as this tree falls over. And they sound, I mean, like I said, the one sound like a rifle. Sounds like it's a good, healthy root that's getting, you know, snapped. Probably by, uh, by pressure from the, the tree falling. And... Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a natural occurrence, but it's kind of weird. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take all the information available that we have. I mean, what do we know about this spot? Uh, there was supposedly a very aggressive encounter that occurred here. Uh, it's very, very prime habitat. And I'm sure there's been other sightings in the area. So I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I, I hate to just say like, oh, it was Bigfoot. Bigfoot scared me away. And that's one of the, like when I put up the YouTube video, I wrote uh, the name of the video is like British Columbia sighting investigation. Did Bigfoot try to scare me away? And normally I don't do that. Like I kind of like, eh, that's kind of clickbait. But I was like, if I'm ever going to do it, this is the video to do it on. And it's just, it's crazy. I, I don't know what to think about it again. And it creeped me out really bad. Uh, this is a, probably the most scared I'd been since uh, Bigfoot Encounters of the Pacific Northwest. And again, by myself, you know, it's funny how that stuff kind of kind of seems to happen when you're alone. And <clears throat> I don't know. I, I thought about it a lot. I've thought about it a lot since it happened. And I thought about it a lot. Obviously, you know, I, I'm driving from 
there to Alaska. So I had a lot of time to kind of sit and think. And one of my, my main ideas, one of my kind of my main theories is, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure people stop there and pee all the time. Uh, you know, they may stop there and have a snack or stretch their legs and, and leave. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, I, I had a plan to, to stay there for a little while. Like I wanted to stay there for a couple hours and I stopped and I got out and I went to the restroom and I kind of walked around a little bit and stretched my legs. But then I started doing things that like a normal tourist wouldn't do or somebody that was just going to be there for a second or two that wouldn't do. I started getting things out of my car. I started putting things on the table. I started getting ready to sit down and have a meal or to fix a meal to, to, to sit down and eat and kind of made it clear if anything or anybody was watching that I wasn't just going to get back in the car and go like I was going to be there for an extended period of time. You know, I'm putting my, my bear spray on my belt. I'm, you know, I'm getting my food out of the car. <clears throat> I'm putting my stove on this, the table. Uh, you know, I'm not just getting back in the car and leaving like m- probably 99% of the people do that stop there. I'm sure even the people that like, service that rest area i'm sure they probably just you know they go in they clean the rest area you know they have no interest in like hanging out there so i think in my opinion i think if that was not a natural occurrence if that tree didn't fall of its own volition if you will i think that that was the reason why i think it was because i wasn't acting like a normal um tourist i wasn't acting like a normal commuter i didn't just go into the bathroom and come out and get my car and leave i walked around i was moving things around i was unpacking um i had doors open on the vehicle um i was talking to myself you know i was filming um things were things were happening and i think um if if something if something hangs around that area or lives around that area. Maybe, maybe that's something that happens on a regular basis. Maybe if somebody's there for more than a few minutes, they're like, well, I got to do something to scare them off or try and make them leave. So who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe that day I was there, it was, well, I'm just going to push this tree over. Maybe if I'd have been there on another day, it would have been, you know, a a vocalization or maybe it would have done something else. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe the tree just fell over. Maybe it's just bad or amazing timing on my part that I just happened to show up, you know, 15 minutes or less <laughs> before that, that, that tree of millions that are in that area fell over on a windless day. I don't know. It's one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me. So bizarre. I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, maybe it was just, maybe, maybe, you know, what's the, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Maybe the tree just fell. I don't know. I've, 
sure that trees fall all the time and it's not Bigfoot. But, uh, like I said, you know, when you look at the totality of the circumstances, it's kind of weird. I hope that, um, maybe some Canadian researchers, uh, maybe, uh, get wind of this and maybe focus some efforts in that area. Um, I would love to go back there and spend the night in a camper or an RV and just, just see what happens. I think, um, I think it would be, I think it would be interesting. Um, it'd be interesting again to, you know, again, spend some time there and see, you know, there are more trees going to (laughs) fall. I don't know. I actually got out and, um, did a couple of knocks there, but it, the wind had picked up so much by then that, uh, if I had even gotten a response, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have been able to hear it. I don't think. And, uh, there's some people that are commenting, I think about 24 minutes into the video, uh, they're talking, saying they hear sound. I'm, I am 99% certain, actually like 99.9% certain that is my gate on my car on, on the car shutting or opening. I can't remember if I was opening it or shutting it, but it makes a sound like a, it's, you know, it has the automatic lift gate on or whatever. Pretty sure that's what that noise is. So anyway, <clears throat> I don't really know what else to say about that guys. It just, um, really creeped me out. Um, almost, almost to the point where I packed up and left. And honestly, I mean, that's what I wanted to do, you know, that's, and that, if that's what that, if it wasn't an accident or a natural tree fall and that's what it was designed to do, it almost worked. Cause I, as soon as that tree fell over, I was just like, I got to get out of here. Like whatever is able to make that noise is probably able to hurt me. <laughs> and all I have is this little can of bear spray. Thanks Canadian government. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what your thoughts are on it, you know? And, and again, I was there for a while after it happened. I was there for, I don't, I don't remember at least an hour, at least an hour, probably more. Cause I fixed my lunch. I ate, um, I walked around a little bit more. I recorded some, I sat in the car for a little bit and read the siding. I was going to do it outside. Like I was going to set up my camp chair and my, um, camera. And I was going to, I was going to read the, the incident, like with the mountains in the background, I thought it would be really cool. But, uh, the weather started to turn for the worse and it started to rain. And I, I just didn't think it was going to, it was going to work out. I didn't think you'd be able to hear me with the wind. And, um, again, you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, man, the weather sure is turning bad. And I was thinking of the missing 411 because you hear about all these people going missing and then the search efforts are hampered by the bad weather. And Will had mentioned something similar with his bedhead sighting at, um, at the little twin lakes about how, like, it just seemed like the weather just started to like turn real. Once he saw what he saw, the weather just started to get nasty. And, um, you know, all that stuff, all this stuff is, is twirling around in beans, head, while he's sitting in the middle of nowhere in British Columbia <laughs> with a dinky can of bear spray thinking, hmm, 
maybe I should get back on the road. <laughs> so I don't think at any point, cause I could have, it was pretty chilly, but I think I would have been fine. I think if I'd have slept, I could have slept in the back of the, my car and probably I would have been a little chilly, but I think I would have been, been all right, but never once. And did it occur to me to like, Oh, I'm going to spend the night here in, in this car. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess I certainly could have. I had, I had camping equipment. I don't know. I think I mentioned at one point, like I'd like to come back here with like an RV and stay. Yeah. I, I guess I would feel safe for an RV, but I had no interest whatsoever of sleeping in that Explorer. Maybe if I could have like blocked out the windows so I wouldn't like wake up and look and see somebody staring in at me. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, I'm, I think I'm going to call it good on that subject. And let's see, do I want to talk about the, the handprint? I guess I should, cause I could probably, I can keep it pretty short. So for those of you that have uh, been keeping up, Alex Petikov and the small town monsters guys, they came up here last year and did a lot of filming and they filmed out at the area a cabin and <clears throat> I, uh, I got contacted by the owner of the cabin. Um, and he tells me, Hey, uh, Alex and those guys, they found a handprint on the back of the cabin. And we were wondering if you could come here, come out here and, um, and swab it. And so, uh, I agreed and, um, I went and actually procured, I've got some swabs, but I wanted some good swabs. Like I wanted some swabs that I had used before, uh, in my law enforcement career, the ones that have the little plastic caps on the top where you can slide the cap back, swab, slide the little plastic cap up and close it. And that way the, the swab is protected. And I wanted to use some of those. So I, I, um, I got some of those and I want to say the first, we were supposed to go out on a, a certain day and the weather, the, the seas were too rough and we couldn't go. So it got postponed a little bit. Uh, Alex and those guys had already departed. They were gone. Uh, we head out there and we get, um, we get there and I, I, I go around to the back of the cab and take a look at it. Um, was pretty impressed. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty, and it's pretty much like it's right under the window to the room where a lot of us sleep when we go visit the, the bunk room basically. And it kind of gave me the, um, the impression that maybe some, something was kind of leaning, leaning down to look in that window and maybe put their hand up against the wall for, for stabilization. Um, and there's a big tank, there's a water tank, like right under where the handprint is and you can't stand on it. It's a plastic tank. Like if you try to stand on it, it would, it would collapse. So whatever was there probably was on the other side of the tank leaning over. Um, and it was pretty, you know, it was above my head height or right at my head height, I believe maybe right around six foot off the ground. And <clears throat> it's, it's a big handprint, but it's not, it's not beyond human, the human range. It's certainly bigger than my hand. 
Um, I have little dainty fingers though, but, uh, one, that's one of the things that kind of, I was like, man, that's, it's big and it's in an awkward position and it's very, by the time I got there, it was, I think maybe a week or two after Alex and those guys had left and it was kind of, it kind of faded a little bit, but almost to the point where you'd have to throw some light on it to see it, but it was still there. And, uh, I got some, some pictures of it. Um, I labeled the fingers, not, not on the cabin, but, uh, in the photograph, uh, it's kind of a reference. And I, um, I took a, I think two swabs from the palm and one from each finger, um, basically using the exact same techniques that I would have if I were processing a crime scene, uh, when I was a police officer. And, uh, I think my, I think Squatch Cop had already came out at that point, but I was like, man, I should, <laughs> maybe I should have, uh, maybe I should have added this, uh, is a chapter in the book. But at the same time, I'm thinking like, well, what? Cause I don't know like what's going to happen with it. Like this has been, I, this happened a while ago. And on the one hand, I'm like, well, what if it just comes back as, what if it's just human? But on the other hand, I'm like, well, what if it's not? And that was kind of my thing. Like I haven't really said anything about it. Cause one, you know, Alex found it. It's Alex's discovery. Um, and two, I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to hold it close to the chest until either they talk about it or we get the results. And <clears throat> so I sent it off. Um, I sent it off to Doug high check. Uh, we don't have the results back yet. I, in fact, I'm not even sure if it's even, if it's even been processed yet or not, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of excited. I told my wife, I was like, as long as, if it comes back, as long as, if it's not, as long as it's not like human, human, like as long as it's not human, we're getting some champagne. <laughs> like the, obviously the result we want is non-human primate or unknown primate or something. But, uh, I was, um, I was really impressed, uh, with what I saw. It really looks bizarre. There's almost no, I mean, there's a rational explanation for it that it could be human, but it doesn't make any sense. You would have to, it's really hard to explain over audio format. You'd really have to see where it was placed, how it was placed to kind of get your, like, how in the hell did a person get up there? Like, why would a person be that far up off the ground, put their hand there? And why is it still there? I mean, it would have to be over a year old, I think, because the last time anybody was back there, like working on the cabin was when they were installing the, uh, the gutters and, and the, the rain collection system. <clears throat> and for it to just be preserved there. And it's kind of, kind of like a whitish film, almost like, a oh, there's a word for it, but I can't remember what it is, but it's basically like oils from your skin, uh, like your on your nose and, and, you know, in your hair. Um, and it, for, for it to just hang out there for a year and nobody noticed it. And it looked like from what I could tell, it looked like from the time Alex found it to the time that I got out there to swab it, that it had, uh, faded some, it had deteriorated some. So yeah, it's just super bizarre. And it had dermal ridges on it. And that's the thing really that excited me the most. I mean, it's either, it's either, it's either human or Bigfoot. There's no, it's not a bear. There's no, 
There is no in-between. It is no other animal but a human or a Bigfoot. I don't think there's anything out there that has fingers with dermal ridges and that size and of that um, makeup, uh, you know, with the with the, the fingers and the, I don't know. It just it, it boggles my mind. Much like the the tree fall, I'm like, what else could it be? It's it's so bizarre, and um, you know, I'm not really sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm not really sure what's going on with the testing. I don't know how those results are going to be um, presented. Uh, ideally, I would like to see uh, Alex and I get them first and be able to um, to discuss them. But, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to come out, but, uh, I would certainly like to, uh, to be in, involved in the, in the results and have sat down with Alex and have a discussion and, and the cabin owner and all that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just so bizarre. And I, so I lifted the prints as well. I actually still have them, uh, here. And I haven't quite decided uh, what we're going to do with them. I might, <clears throat> I might give them to Rob Roy, have him put them in the art gallery, or maybe make a, a copy of them. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I have them on a, a like a a poster board. Uh, there wasn't it wasn't a great transfer. I think a lot of it was because one, uh, there was a lot of moisture in the air, and then when I put the fingerprint counter on, I think you know it was. It, it stuck to a lot of uh, stuck to a lot of the portion of the uh, siding of the cabin, uh, besides the prints. <clears throat> but I did get some good uh, pulls on the the dermal ridges. You can certainly look at it and say that's a dermal ridge. Uh, the fingers, though, were were kind of lost in the in the um, in the printing process and the in the lifting process. Um, if I had it to do over again, I probably would have just used a big. Um, thing of masking tape and, or a packing tape and just like fashion it together. Instead, what I tried to do was lift it with uh, three different hinge lifts, do the palm and like two fingers each. But honestly, I don't think it would have made any difference because it's all about how the powder sticks to it. It's not really about how you lift it. But yeah, so uh, check over, check over, check on that. It, um, you can see the discovery of the handprint and then you can see some video of me uh, lifting it and swabbing it on um, Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch Part 2. It's available on YouTube. I will throw a YouTube link to that in the show notes of this as well. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the biggest thing that happened to me. Actually, those two things, I guess, were the biggest things that happened to me in, uh, in 2022. So uh, I either... Uh, just uh, randomly heard a tree fall in the forest and got freaked out and swabbed some dude's handprint on uh, the cabin. Or um, I was uh, I was a victim of some intimidation behavior and uh, I uh, swabbed a Bigfoot handprint on the back of the cabin. <laughs> uh, one or all of those situations... <laughs> <laughs> may be the truth. Uh, hopefully we get some answers someday. 
Anyway, guys, um, hope you uh, enjoyed the show. This is the uh, last audio-only podcast for the Asquatch Podcast, at least for a while. Uh, we're going to start doing things a little different. I'm going to take a little bit of a break here, probably for the next week, maybe two weeks. Uh, i got a birthday coming up. I'm going to be celebrating that. And uh, i got some changes uh, coming to the house here, and that's going to take up a lot of time. But uh, I wanted to get this out for you guys uh, so you could listen to kind of my take on the um, the tree fall and the handprint. And uh, if you guys got any questions, you can reach out and uh, contact me through my website, alaskwatchpodcast.com. Uh, you can email me at alaskwatch at gmail.com. Uh, or, you know, throw me uh, a DM, slide me a DM on uh, Facebook run over to the Alaska watch podcast Facebook page and give that a like. Um, but what I would really, really like is for you guys to head over to the YouTube page and subscribe to that and uh, watch a few videos, give them a, give them a few clicks, a couple of thumbs up. And, uh, again, as always, <clears throat> you can head over to the alaskawatchpodcast.com website, uh, go to the store, pick yourself out a book, Get it autographed by me, sent to you straight from Alaska. There's also some t-shirts, stickers, magnets, all kinds of little uh, knickknacks on there. I do not like ask for money. Do not like to ask for money at all. Um, not going to start any GoFundMes, nothing like that. If I want money from you, I'm going to give you something for it. You're going to get a book. You're going to get a magnet. You're going to get something. Uh, just not a fan of asking for money in general just want to provide something for an exchange of uh, currency there. That's just how I roll. Anyway, guys, hope you're enjoying the Alaska Watch podcast. Uh, please continue to support us through 2023. And uh, I'll do what I can to get out there in the field and uh, produce some results. Hopefully we get some really good news this year uh, from that handprint. I'm going to be devastated if it turns out to be human. I don't think it is, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's either human or Sasquatch, guys. Well, we'll see. But uh, anyway, I'm starting to lose my voice. I'm going get to get off here. And uh, it was great talking to you guys in uh, 2022. And uh, can't wait to talk to you some more in 2023. <laughs>